Hi, it's Sophie here. Um, I am lucky enough to have Danielle Binks with me, author, Australian extraordinaire, <laughs> who we've just heard you speak uh, at the ACEL conference and really talk about your love of literacy, um, passion for Australian literature. Um, and I just wonder if I'd love for everyone to get to know a little bit more about you. So can you tell us where you're from and your background and how your love of literature emerged? Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, I'm a Melbourne girl. And I guess my love of Australian literature specifically started with two people. Um, we had to read, I remember in like year six, we had to read a book by an Australian as a part of a Let's Look at Australian Literature component of our classroom. And I thought this is going to be so boring. So I don't think I'd read any, I don't think I'd actively read any Australian literature until then when I was that age. Uh, so we had to go to the shelf and choose one of the Australian books and I just randomly picked one up and it was playing Beady Bow by Ruth Park. And if I say that, I think instantly the entire room goes, oh, because, because it was an incredible story. And I still read it today and think it totally resonates. It's still deeply profound. It's still so masterful. What I loved about that was Sydney was a character. It was a time travel story and Sydney played a huge role. And I still, to this day, go to the rocks in Sydney and look around for the little fairy girl and I get chills. And then the second book that I read or the second author I discovered when I was going into high school was Melina Marchetta. Looking for Ella Brandi, I come from a, a big Austrian family background, you know, I'm a third, uh, third generation immigrant to this country and she wrote my story. I thought somebody's come along and taken the top of my head and just seen all my thoughts and ideas and, and her name is Melinda Marquetta and now I worship her and I still do. What's amazing is is uh, so many authors in Australia that you discover as a teenager are still writing today. The Margot Lanigans, the John Marsons, they're still writing today because they're so incredibly talented and still relevant and I still just, I still reread Melinda Marquetta today and because she writes such great multi-generational stories, I find myself... Um, um, connecting to different characters in those stories where once I was Josie Alabrandi 100% now I can connect more to her mother or her grandmother even put myself in those shoes so that was that was a really big part of it for me Ruth Park and Melina Marchetta two women that changed my life you know forevermore but I originally was going to be a journalist I went to university after high school thinking I wanted to do a job in writing did journalism, hated it. Uh, and, but I did an internship at Walker Books, which is a, a little Australian publishing house. And I realized that there were people who made books. Not just writers, but there were publicists, cover designers, proofreaders, copy editors, agents. And I discovered there was this whole community of people who wrote books. So I went off and I studied RMIT, writing and editing. And I worked at a few publishing houses and I was writing book reviews and I was writing think pieces about young adult literature, how it intersects with feminism and pop culture, everything that I love. Uh, and then one day I got tapped on the shoulder to for one, edit this anthology and contribute to it and also become a literary agent, specifically representing Australian young adult authors and middle grade authors as well. And I don't know how it happened. I obviously just kept sharing my opinion <laughs> enough times and being loud and mouthy about the books that I loved and what I wanted to see in Australian youth literature that it got to the point where people kind of said, hey, you should have a say in what happens in this sector. And I'm, I've fallen on my feet somehow. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Thanks. That's awesome. Um, something that resonated with me hearing you speak was the importance of Australian authors. And it, it, for me, as a, a teacher and educator, 
um, I've always wanted to empower and and uh, and certainly instill that knowledge of Australian authors to students, but I hadn't really seen it through the lens that you described. And it, it was really about the context. It was really about the importance of, you know, yes, we have Harry Potter and they're terrific, and yes, we have all of these incredible authors that are now being turned into film and Hollywood film, but the context is so important for thinking. So can you talk through that? Yeah. I mean, a good story is a good story is a good story. And I've had some really combative teenagers when I've given this talk kind of um, say to me, you can't tell us what to read. And I kind of think, no, of course I can't. You should read whatever the heck you want to read. And I think if you read widely, if you read Harry Potter, and you also have some Australian authors in your diet, that's a really, really good thing. Um, The context, though, is, like I say, it's not because those books are better than our books. They are very literally bigger than our books. They are they are producing more books on a huger scale. They're selling them, you know, at, at far greater numbers. And of course, Hollywood comes knocking. And the and the context is really also what do we lose when we don't tell our own stories? What do we lose when we have an only Americanized diet? And like I said, it's things like something like gun gun control, very very provocative issue, very different issue for Australian teenagers versus American teenagers, in a huge way. And and for starters, it's important that Australian teenagers know their history of that. They know their history of why we aren't as, as 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 afraid of guns as American teenagers are. That's huge. That's hugely profound because that was a case of an Australian government taking a, a huge tragedy and actually changing the narrative and, and actively making our, our culture and our country safer. That hasn't happened in America yet. So, of course, American YA books are still having that conversation. Of course, teenagers are still very much preoccupied with school shootings. That's their lives. That's their daily lives. That's not their, our lives in here in Australia. It's, it's, that's a really, really big thing. It's a really big concept to talk about that. But it's also it's also smaller things as well. It's the fact that um, our lives in Australia are very different to those in America. I mean, it's even things like uh, we have healthcare here, universal healthcare that they don't have in America. So you can imagine a, a story in America about a, a teenager whose mother gets cancer, very different to one here in Australia. You know, uh, and of course they have to tell those stories because they're also trying to change the narrative. Yeah. There are there are young adult authors over there actively trying to engage young readers and citizens who are also not maybe not going to be voters. Again, here in Australia we have compulsory voting. It's a very different narrative. Yeah. So that's what I talk about with that. I talk about the context is you can read the Hunger Games, you can read the Harry Potters, and absolutely still relate to them. Of course you will, because a good author will make you do that. Mm-hmm. But there is something about talking about the problems we have in Australia that are very unique to us, but also the things we've overcome here in Australia that are very unique to us. I think we have to remember that. We have to keep embracing that so that we keep moving forward as a country as well. So as an author yourself and as a um, knowing different Australian authors, could you talk to all of us about which Australian authors? Now, I know that this is a big question and it's on the spot and, you know, there'll be some that may not come up right at this moment. But are there some authors that, for those that are listening, and we really want to instill that to teacher librarians, but also to teachers and anyone involved in education to really have a great understanding of some really amazing Australian authors. So could you go through just a couple of those for us? And I'm so ready to pounce. I know, right? Yes, pass me the mic. Yes. This is my job. I can do this. Yes. Youth, literature, youth literature advocate. Um, I mentioned Grace Beside Me by Sue McPherson, which, which is an incredible uh, Indigenous author who wrote about the year of the sorry. 
sorry. The, the year that Kevin Rudd said sorry. And it's based around a young girl who is really trying to think about how that impacts her life and her grandparents' lives as people who were part of the stolen generation. That book came from a publishing house called Magabala Books, which is based in Broome. It's an independent publishing house. They put out some amazing content of only Indigenous authors and illustrators, and it's incredible. And what's really amazing is they put out some amazing young adult books, but they also do really great picture books and baby board books, which let's talk about. If we're talking about young adult literature, we should talk about how we need to be giving these books to kids from a very young age. And what's interesting is for a long time in Australia, publishing houses didn't make baby board books because they were too expensive to produce. So we would just bring in American imports. But now parents and educators and guardians and everything, they're talking a lot more about, hey, we can't keep doing that. Because those are the basics. And it's really basic things like if we have a board book about the seasons and we put, and we uh, we give kids, we give babies books that show Christmas in winter, that's not Australia. And it's also little things. If we're teaching them animals, if we teach them squirrels over possums, that's not Australia. So even Magabala are putting out baby board books with Indigenous um characters from the from the dreaming uh, and with indigenous animals and it's just those little things so everything that Megabala produces somebody else when I said Megabala said that Black Ink is another fantastic small publishing house that's very very true so is text publishing another very small independent they have authors like Vicky Wakefield who I love um, another indigenous author I really love because that's also talk about we need to show a multicultural diverse Australia which is also really important to our literature Anne Boleyn Quay-Mullina she is uh, a fantastic author of young adult books. Uh, so is Jared Thomas, another Indigenous author. Uh, who else do I love? Oh, the Kath Crowley's. Kath Crowley's Graffiti Moon is one of my favourite books of all time. She has a new book out last year called Words in Deep Blue. What age group? Uh, 14 plus. 14 plus. Uh, Kath Crowley, incredible author. And everyone in the anthology, Will Kostakis, Amy Kaufman, Amy Kaufman's series with Jay Kristoff, The Illuminae Files, which Brad Pitt bought the film rights to. So you might be seeing a film adaptation of a, a good little Aussie. Um, Gabrielle Toza, Jacqueline Moriarty. Oh, Jacqueline Moriarty is one of the best authors we have living. You know, I love Melina Marquetta. And the classics, the John Marston's, the Ruth Parks, the Margot Lanigan's. Margot Lanigan is still writing today, and she's someone who I was reading when I was a teenager, uh, and she's still incredible. There's just so many. And if you want to find out more, loveosyae.com.au has lots of free resources, lots of free posters that you can print out for your school libraries and classrooms that list all these amazing Aussie authors and books. So go do that. But just off the top of my head, I hope I gave you a few to go and look up and buy. Plus our anthology, <laughs> please. And here it is. Here it is here. So, oops. <laughs> here we go. There we go. Winner of the Australian Book Industry Award for uh, Australian Book Industry Award winner for the best young adult book this year. Very cool. That's great. So it's really um, important that we take those messages, and it's it's been awesome having authors and to be able to hear different perspectives about literacy. We all want to be better at teaching literacy and English and reading and writing. So thank you so much for inspiring us all today um, and sharing. And, and of course, um, if you can just let us know what that website is again so that people can get in contact with you and find out more information about Australian authors. Two ways you can do it, loveozya.com.au or hashtag loveozya, which stands for Love Australian Young Adult Literature, and please do. Thanks, Danielle. Great to have you here. Bye. (laughs) Hi, it's Sophie here. I'm here with Katrina Nanestad, and we got to hear Katrina speak about her 
Books. She's an Australian author who has produced a number of fantastic Australian books. And um, welcome. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me here. So I'd like to ask you, you talked about some of your books. So I've just got a couple that are here. So these are the Lottie Perkin books. So these are for the younger years. Um, what age group are you, um, are you writing for? Well, up until Lottie Perkins' books, I've really been an upper primary author. So probably I look at my audience as being somewhere from seven to eight-year-olds to 12-year-olds. But the Lottie Perkins' books is more for that emerging reader age group, the um, five to seven-year-olds. Okay, excellent. So um, I'd love to know a little bit more about you, though, personally. Like, where are you from? And what, how did you develop this love of literature and literacy and, and writing? And um, you did talk to us a little bit about that in, in your case note but can you share a little bit more with with everybody about you yeah sure I'll start with where I'm from I actually grew up in country New South Wales so I'm a real country girl I still live in the country but in country Victoria um, and I would have to say that I've always loved stories I, I come from a family that loves to tell funny stories about their own lives and the sillier or the more clumsy someone is the worst thing they do that's what seems to make the best story in my family so I've always enjoyed oral storytelling around the dinner table and um, naughtiness in storytelling but I actually didn't like reading as a child. I didn't like books. I loved stories, but I couldn't associate the fun of the stories we told as a family with the boring books I was shown at school. So unfortunately, I went right through my primary years with not really enjoying books at all. But at the end of high school, I had a sensational teacher, a teacher called Janelle Jones, who was my year 11 and 12 English teacher. And she had a passion for literature. And I caught her passion for literature. She was just so enthusiastic about books and words and plays and poems that I couldn't help but be infected with her love for books and plays and poems and words. And I think that's really probably the start of my writing journey. Yeah, that's wonderful. So when you talked about the books that were introduced at primary school, they were those basal readers, the <laughs> I Can Jump, yeah. Jane Can Jump, Fred Can Jump. Yeah, it is, it is fun. It, it is fun, yeah. It at all. Yeah. So for you personally, you just were not able to relate to those. It wasn't fun. Reading wasn't fun. And so you just didn't develop that passion for reading at the time. No, no, I didn't. Um, and I was just talking to one of the people here at the conference just a moment ago who said, oh, I remember Betty and Jim, or it might have been Betty and John in New South Wales, where both he and I had gone to school. And we were discussing how neither of us could actually remember um, a wealth of books in the classroom. I think those readers you used to get and you'd read them for maybe the term, you know, that one book that you had to keep going over and over. And I honestly can't recall my early years teachers sharing storybooks in the classroom in just a fun, relaxed manner. You know, that, that way we do with children just to give them a love for literature that then makes them want to read. I honestly do not recall that happening. I might be doing an injustice to my teachers, but I can't recall that being a rich part of my... Uh, childhood classrooms. And hearing you speak, you talked about the notion of joy and one of my mantras is nothing without joy, always, nothing without joy. It's a Malaguzzi uh, quote as well and, I, and it resonates. And so when you talked about the notion of joy, um, I think that that's so important. So how do you instill joy into your books um, and for your readers? Um, I think a big way that I do that is in using humour. As a child, I think the books that I was shown were quite earnest and I think they lacked humour whereas I grew up in a family with a great sense of fun and humour and 
that was missing in, in the stories I was shown in books. And so for me, humour in stories is really important in the stories I write and in the books I read. I love reading humour myself, even as an adult. So I try to instil some fun and humour and hope in all the books I write. And that doesn't mean that there aren't serious issues in my book like drought or grief or um, bullying and all those all those terrible things that come up in our lives. But I, I like to think that I deal with those in a framework that allows for some fun and some humour and ultimately ends with some hope and some joy in the stories. Mm. And I think we all need more joy in our lives. <laughs> Absolutely. And as an Australian author, you really bring in that, that context, as you say, the drought. And, and we've spoken to others like Danielle about how important Australian context is. And whilst there are some wonderful books that are international that kids love can you talk about the importance that you think as an author and and what you've talked to teachers about and indeed students about when they read your books about the context of the the Australian um, context of your actual books Um, yes I think I think probably my first books were squarely set in Australian country areas because that's where I grew up and I found that an easy base to start from for a story. And I know with my books, um, the Red Dirt Diaries series, I can remember going into schools when I first started talking about those. At the time, Diary of a Wimpy Kid came out, which is a fabulous series and kids love that. But a few of the teachers said, oh, this is great to have something that's set in Australia, that our kids are also reading an Australian story. And I think we need to read books from all around the world, but I think there really does need to be a a good solid base of Australian literature because I think we tell stories a little differently. We relate to the world a little bit differently because we're Australian. We use different language. Um, I know today one of the talks was about losing certain words if we don't have those words repeating in literature. So I think it's just a different way that we look at the world and, and I think children also need to feel like they can find themselves and their lives in books as well and you know, we're Australian, aren't we? Our children we're teaching are Australian and it's important that they see value in who they are and where they live. I'm not sure I've covered that very yeah, well, absolutely. but it's... No, you have, because yeah. I think it leads into the next point that I've talked to a number of our presenters about, and that is the notion of empathy. And I know it came up for you and it came up for Danielle, and it's actually come up for most of our presenters. They talk about how to see through the eyes of others. And so your books are really telling that story and, and the importance of that. So when you're writing empathy um, while you're writing so that, that the students can gain that or how do you perceive the notion of Wow that's a big question on the spur of the moment. I think uh, I think when you are writing when I'm writing I'm not thinking all the time of empathy as I'm writing but I hope as a writer that's what I'm giving children the opportunity to read about different stories to read about things and people and experiences that their world we can't experience everything in life but we can read about a great range of experiences and hopefully in giving children a broader range of experience through my stories I'm hoping that they can then develop empathy for other people and the hardships that other people go through. I think there's been a whole heap of research too, hasn't there, about the fact that people who read literary fiction generally tend to be more empathetic and more... um have more of a social conscience. I don't know whether that's... Yeah, no, that's... No, that's... Um, A more socially intelligent is the word I'm 
probably yeah, think of. They, they've yeah, got that, that emotional intelligence that, yeah. that they're able to gain. Um, I, think, I think books give us a range of experiences that we just can't possibly have in real life. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think you know when I'm writing, I'm not necessarily. Thinking, thinking about, about values. thinking yeah, thinking about empathy and that as I'm writing, but that's your purpose as a writer, sure. isn't it? To give children yeah. a whole world of yeah. experiences that they can't otherwise have. Absolutely. Um, Jackie French talked about um, her stories being kind of real life. That that and and that's sort of the sense that I'm getting from you as well is that this context of the stories that you're developing are are real life, but you, you're just tweaking and changing. Is that the case for you? Yeah, and I think. Yeah, perhaps even in stories like in my Oliver Grove series, it's obviously fantasy. It's set in a boarding school for naughty boys, talking animals and circus performers. But I think I deal with real life issues there. The thing of coming as a new girl to a school where you're an outsider, bullying, trying to fit in, trying to find your place, developing friendships that fill a gap that's been left by family, all those things. So even though the setting might be a fantasy or a crazy, unbelievable setting, the issues are real issues, I think, that you're putting in your books. Yeah, that's awesome. For budding writers out there and for teachers who want to instill that love of reading and love of writing, what advice would you give to teachers about teaching students to write and to use their imagination and their curiosity and their creativity? Uh, I think I think I would say the first step is to um, create a love of literature in those children. And that doesn't necessarily start with writing, I don't think. That starts with sharing fabulous stories in the classroom, reading beautiful books, um, reading to the children, not always expecting them to read to themselves, but having that lovely shared reading time where you can all enter into the joy of a story and the excitement of a story. And I really believe that once children have developed a love of the story and a love of literature, they want to learn to read because they want to be able to grab hold of that whenever they can. And that um, foundation of loving literature gives them a great springboard to write then. But when it gets to the writing point, I think maybe give children a little bit of freedom at the beginning, or, or always a lot, a bit of freedom, a lot of freedom. Um, and, you know, don't start with the nuts and bolts, but yes. start with a bit of wild abandon in the writing process is what I would say. Absolutely. That is a wonderful message and just really developing that and talking through it and, and I think we need to hear them aloud to be able to to get them thinking as well so that's a wonderful message and it's terrific coming from you as an author and as a writer so thank you so much for being here with us it's wonderful to hear a little bit more about you and how can people get in contact with you and and get a hold of your fabulous books? Well, you can get in contact um, with me directly. I have a website, which you just have to Google my name and you'll get to. And on there, there's a section, contact me. So you can email me directly. Um, you can get hold of my books at bookshops or online, um, ABC, HarperCollins, Booktopia, wherever you want to go. If you just Google me and my books, you'll, you'll find your way to me and my books. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thanks, for Katrina. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for being here as a part of our ACEL National Conference.